Hello and welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Central. I'm James. Alongside me, as always, is Raceland. And Raceland, we have a jam-packed show today because a lot of things happened in the world of wrestling this past week when it comes to, you know, obviously the Last Ride documentary um, Sunday. Um, with the, As we all know, everyone by now probably hears about what happened at the end. Um, Monday Night Raw and obviously the two Wednesday night shows, uh, the Wednesday night wars between AEW and NXT. It's just a lot of things happened this week. Yeah, they did. Um, I was one of the people who saw the uh, the reactions to the uh, Last Ride documentary before I got to watch it. I didn't get to watch it until, let's see, when did I watch it? Tuesday. Yeah, I think I watched it on Monday or Tuesday. But I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw the, the reactions with the Undertaker saying he has no desire to get back in the ring. Uh, so definitely a spoiler for me, uh, although I had a feeling it was kind of coming. Yeah, I think a lot of people did just because, of the, for one, the title of the documentary was The Last Ride. I mean, you're not going to name something that unless you, at the end, it's kind of like I'm retiring or I have one more match in me. Um, right. But, you know, if that is the last we see of him, um, obviously it's bittersweet um, for me, especially because that was my favorite guy for so many years. But at least it was with AJ one his last time. And at least it was in that type of match to where it was a good match. And it wasn't one of those where, you know, we're sitting here and saying, man, I wish his last match would have been better. Um, because, you know, after WrestleMania 33, that was the topic of discussion when everyone thought he did retire, was I wish this match was better. You know, the, the botched uh, reverse tombstone definitely was the, the big thing that popped out in everyone's mind. And even in Taker's mind, when you saw in the documentary him rewatching that spot back and he was like disgusted in it. So at least in this match, I mean, you literally have to nitpick to find something wrong with the Boneyard match. So at least if he is stepping away, he had he's stepping away from pretty much the top of the mountain rather than what we saw, you know, just been three years ago at WrestleMania. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I would like to see him end it in the ring. Um, and I'm sure at some point he will because he said uh, – he said that uh, if Vince ever really needs him, he'll do it. Like uh, in case of, and I'm going to use his words, in case of fire, break glass for Undertaker. Uh, and I, I think he'll have one, at least one more, um, because no one taker. He, the veteran he is, he he wants to go out the veteran way, and he wants to go out on his back for. Uh, younger talent to promote them and make them look better. And I see your point with that, but also if you, I mean, the whole thing in the documentary was he was trying to go out uh, something fitting of his character, the undertaker. Right. And, right. And, and, and this would, this would make the perfect sense. Right. Of, and, of, of the way of him going out, not only as the undertaker, but as the American badass and Mark Calloway. It's all in one, and it—I mean—it's the perfect send-off for all in one. And so I, I agree; it's—it it is the perfect ending for him. But I, I, just like you, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't want to see Taker ever wrestle again. I mean, I mean, it's hard to sit here and say I never want to see another match because it's the Undertaker, um, right? And he is, you know, the 
I mean, everyone's saying on all, all those big media platforms is he is the greatest character of all time. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, when no, you think not. of when you think of characters, you think of him. Um, but, you know, at the same point, like as much as I see one more match, I mean, here to, one thing that pops into mind is, OK, who do I really want to see him go against to give him that nod? And then the other thing is, I mean, do I really want to see him getting the ring again and risk more injuries and and kind of and maybe ruin the moment we had, you know, with him riding on it with the the motorcycle, you know, captivating all of his gimmicks in one um, in one big send off. Like I don't know, I just think that was the perfect way for him to end it. He even seems satisfied with it, and if he's satisfied with it as a fan, I'm gonna be satisfied with it because I'm not gonna see because. You know, there's a lot of people in, in the world right now that are probably saying, no, but they want to see him retire in the, the stadium setting. But he already right. had that moment at WrestleMania 33. And, you know, you don't need another one because, I mean, whether we – I think it'll still be emotional and it'll still grab the fans and bring out everything inside of them. But it's hard to replicate that moment. I mean – there's, I mean, for someone that was there, I mean, there was, everyone was in tears when they thought Undertaker was retiring that night. And we didn't even know he was retiring for a fact. Um, obviously, 2020, um, he, WrestleMania 36, he's starting to step away again. And, and the way they did it in the documentary, it made you feel like you did at the end of the night at WrestleMania 33 all over again. Right, right. Well, and... I'm not. I don't want to say he's going to do it again, but if you remember, he after what was it thirty? Was it thirty four? He wasn't in after oh, thirty three. It was thirty five because thirty four is when he came down the, and pretty much demolished John Cena. Right, right. So he he thought he was done. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be in WrestleMania this year. You know, I'm done. But then he gets out there, and he's like. Well, shoot, I should be out there. Right. I'm not going to say he's going to do that next year at uh, 37, but uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, they've, they've said before that once it's in ingrained in your blood, that's all you know. Right. That's all he's known for the past 30 years. So, again, I'm not saying he's going to have that feeling next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I wouldn't be either. I mean, uh, he, I mean, we see it firsthand in the documentary how he felt at 30, uh, 35. I mean, we see it firsthand. Right. That's video evidence. Um, but it's like anything else when you're in a – you have a passion for something, especially to his extent. Like, you and I have a passion for football, but our passion for football is not like The Undertaker's passion for wrestling. It's like probably the only man that has a passion more of something than I do. You know what I mean? It's right. just – it, it's just it's hard to put into words what and even you know stone cold even said you know it's it's hard to put into words you know the passion that he has for the business and another thing that was kind of nice to see in that documentary was the fact he did go to the performance center he he, he sat down with all the big guys and i mean you in the in the package you saw keith lee damian priest bronson reed and a couple other, but you know, there's the three big name stars that are NXT weekly on weekly television week after week. And he's helping develop them. And I'm hoping that, you know, if he does have the urge to do, you know, something in the ring and if it's a match, so be it. I'm not going to say or complain about it. Cause I love the undertaker, but 
maybe i mean that's always an outlet that they have now especially with the nxt and the performance center i mean he can go teach them things in the ring and he can sit in a classroom i mean he can still pass on what the knowledge he knows to make a better product you know two to ten to fifteen twenty years from now he did say that whenever he's in orlando he he makes it a point to at least try and get out there for a day or two to the performance center so I mean, obviously, uh, like we've learned, and uh, and he said uh, he he's he he wants to teach others what he what he's learned over thirty years because he was taught when he was coming in by others, right. and that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. You you shouldn't be bitter because oh well, this you got this young twenty three year old kid who's coming in, he's gonna. You know, run me out of this business. No, he's not. He's not going to run you out of this business because you've been here for 30 years. Yeah. He, he, he wants to learn from you because you've been in the business for 30 years. You've seen literally everything, almost everything. I mean, um, I'd be surprised if there was something he hasn't seen in 30 well, I mean, years. Well, I mean, who, who would have thought that we would have, ever saw Goldberg in Taker in Saudi Arabia. That's what I'm talking about. So not, yeah, obviously there's a lot of things you can't, you, you haven't seen. Yeah. I mean, even when, even if someone's a hundred and 110 years old, they haven't seen everything, but yeah, hey, that's, that's off. That's off the point. I see um, what you're saying. Yeah. But so is it, was it me? Now, episode four was good, but it just, it just, to me, it wasn't as good as the other five, or four. What, what did trying, you think of episode four? Episode four is when they were talking about the Saudi trips, right? Yes. Um, I agree. I mean, it. That one to me, it was good, but it was kind of bland. Yeah. I mean, but it, they really didn't get into detail of the things I wanted to. I think that's probably why I think it wasn't as good as the other four. I mean, because I wanted to get more in-depth with the Rusev match. Um, I wanted to get more in-depth of what really happened in the Goldberg match. Um, but it was nice to see, like, he even said on the doc, like, he didn't enjoy the match. And he kind of, he already told us, some, you know, we already knew the things he knew. I mean, you can tell in the face after the match the night of, I mean, he wasn't happy. We all oh, yeah. knew Goldberg was concussed because, I mean, after that hit on the turnbuckle, he was not the same. He was concussed in the first 30 seconds. Right. But I think um, one thing that, you know, Michelle McCool was the fans at that point because when, you know, she was more worried at, for him as a wife and probably had a lot, you know what I mean, like rightfully so. But yeah. as a fan, like even we all, me, you, and producer Pat, when when that moment happened when he got dropped on his head, we're like, he that could have killed him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it could have. It very well could have. But, you know, and I don't know. I'm just – I'm with you. I think the fourth episode was the least – the wasn't as good as the other four, but as a whole, as from one through five. From one through was, five, it was it was an amazing documentary. It's probably the best documentary WWE has created. Oh yeah, definitely. And and I would put it up there with any wrestling documentary produced. Um, now I haven't watched the Andre the Giant one, so I I, ha I haven't either. I, I've been meaning to for so long now, and I just haven't. Same. Um, so I'm gonna put a disclaimer on that. But I think it's better than Ric Flair's 30 for 30. I think I think it's just because of 
we wanted to know for so long the Undertaker behind the scenes, Mark Calloway. Well, and and I, and I agree with you, but also I think it's better for it was better for you and I because we grew up with the Undertaker. Yes, we didn't grow up with Ric Flair. Now, if if you were to ask someone who's a generation or two older than us that grew up watching Ric Flair, they would say that Ric Flair's was better because that's who they grew up with. Yeah, I think we're more attached to The Undertaker. Because, I mean, yeah. when Ric Flair – I mean, I grew up at the tail end of Ric Flair's career. I mean, literally, oh, yeah. I remember the yeah. Evolution days and then 24 and then bits and pieces of TNA, but that's it. But Ric Flair and TNA wasn't the same Ric Flair, you know, when he went into WrestleMania 24 and that whole storyline. And so No, I and, he, re- and he, re- he regrets going to TNA. He, he, even, he even called up Vince – after his TNA run, he's like, look, I'm sorry. I I know I said I was done, but I've got to go back. Yeah. So he – now, he, he he never wrestled for them, but he's he's been back multiple times on TV. Yeah. I mean, and and I'm hoping he, – He says it was a mistake to yeah, go to TNA. He knows what he did. But you know what? I mean, as of 24, like, you can tell he wasn't done. Like, I mean, that was a oh. great send-off. I mean – you have to have a burning passion to get back in the ring if after that send-off. And he even said in his documentary, like, no better way to be send-off by the WWE. He was inducted that that Saturday night, performed at WrestleMania that next night, and then had a farewell night dedicated to him on Monday Night Raw. And, yeah. and for me, like, I, as a fan of The Undertaker, I selfishly wanted that. But I think this documentary was probably – better because we got to see behind the scenes we got to know his true emotion and he it was him as the man talking to the fan hey i'm good i'm riding in the sunset i think it's hard to beat that for him like for the undertaker's sake oh yeah It, it definitely is it i mean he he's content with with what he did um and like we've said the the whole Writing away the 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 whole just he he just riding off into the sunset. He's done. There's nothing more for him to do at this point. It would only tarnish his legacy. Right. I think he. I, now we could have said that five years ago, six years ago, but I think now we're actually to the point where anything less would probably tarnish his legacy. Oh, yeah. I definitely think we're at that point. And, and, and like I said, I, I selfishly, I would not complain if we got another match. But I think what we saw Sunday in the last, you know, f- five episodes of that documentary, it's hard to beat well, that. Well, they were season. only five episodes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that, But that's the last five times you've seen Undertaker. So right. it's hard to beat that. But – Racing, we can sit and talk about The Undertaker all day long. I know I could. Yeah, we um, could. Yeah, but, we could. You know, let's, let's do a – I mean, let's kind of hit Monday Night Raw since we didn't do it episode Tuesday. And, you know, what were some things coming out of Monday Night, you know, that stood out to you going forward? I don't remember anything from Monday Night <laughs> Raw, to be honest. I didn't watch it. Uh, I wasn't feeling good Monday, so I ended up sleeping through Raw. Uh, okay. Because like, I, I, I wasn't feeling too good Monday. So – I'm going to have to do, I'm really, and I was busy last night, so I couldn't watch NXT or AEW, but I've caught up on them. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to refer to you a little bit on some of this. So, uh, 
I mean, no, just go ahead, just go ahead and talk about Raw, and I'll Monday, chime in when I can. So literally, the two things for me that came out of Monday Night Raw was, um, Sasha, well, Beck, Bailey, and Sasha retained their titles. Um, they beat yep. the Iconics, but Sasha becoming the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, finally, 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 they're giving her a title shot at the at a Women's Championship. Um, I've been telling you this for a while. I'm tired of the way they're using Sasha. I'm tired of her just being, you know, Sasha's partner in crime. I'm tired of it and because Sasha has so much to bring to the table, so much. And um, she's, be- I think for me, she's being underutilized. Yes, she's the women's tag team champions. And yeah, fine and dandy. But she needs a title run of that caliber, especially, you know, I think a win over Asuka would propel her to the next level. Um, and I think that match is going to be a, I think that's, that could steal the, the show. Um, just because as we know, Asuka, very rarely she has bad matches. I mean, it happens from time to time, but she's, it does. she's great at what she does. And yeah. Sasha's great at what she does. And you put those two in the ring. I think their styles match each other. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do at extreme rules. And then, well, it was also made finalized last night that Drew McIntyre is going to defend his WWE championship against Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, I did see that. Again, I you're going to hate – I don't – you'll probably agree with me on this, but why is Dolph getting a title shot? What did he do to deserve one? They're, they're bringing up his, his past with uh, McIntyre. Okay, he, fine he, and dandy, but come on. You got to earn things. I mean, you got to earn it. Right. So, okay. So Bobby Lashley didn't really earn his shot, did he? He did. I mean, he he because he he did. Did he though? He won matches. This is the first time I've seen Dolph Ziggler since Mania. Well, okay. So they're 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 trying to get over now that um, it was a trade when AJ Styles went to SmackDown that Raw ended up getting. Ziggler and Robert Root, so that that's technically a trade. So I, I'm with you. We haven't seen Ziggler in a while, so I don't know why, but I see why. I mean, I get the point. I guess like you now they mentioned the past with McIntyre. I do get why, and they Dang, do. You, Dolph, because I, I remember watching a little bit maybe on YouTube. Dolph saying uh, that McIntyre wrote his coattails and that he made McIntyre what he was. Or what he is now. Something to that extent. I don't know. Again, I mean, do people even remember him being involved with Ziggler? I mean, I, I get, like, for me, I faintly remember. No, I, I remember because they, they were uh, tag team champions at one point. I remember. I, get, I faintly remember that, though. And, that, and maybe that's just because it happened so long ago. But, oh, I, no, wait a minute. It was just on his current run with, yeah, okay. Okay, but that I guess for me, like that was not a very exciting tag team championship run for me. Um, oh, I know it wasn't. So, like, I get it, but also, I don't know. Like, you had to earn it at some point. Like, yeah, I, you haven't seen the guy since. Was he even in the Money in the Bank match? I don't even think he was in that. Ziggler? So, no. Yeah. So I don't remember seeing Ziggler since Mania, and if I have, I totally forgot about it. And and all of a sudden, because of this trade to Raw. He gets a title match because you accuse a guy of riding your coattails. I, I don't know. I just think that's 
but I don't, I'm not looking forward to that, I guess. Because what makes it's, me want to get invested right now? It's typical WWE fashion. Right, I mean, but I guess – I don't know. I, I guess, it, I mean, the same argument could be made for the Sasha calling out Asuka, but I, at least I've seen Asuka – I mean, not Asuka, Sasha Banks on TV twice a week for the last however long they've had the titles. Right. And right. this is just random. Like, I guess I'd be more accepting because it is the WWE way if Dolph was on TV for at least two weeks. I mean, and then said this, but he has been on TV in almost two months. Right, right. No, and I, I agree. I agree. But again, it's the WWE way. Right, and I, I guess I got to accept that. But if you haven't by now, I don't know what you're doing. But I mean, I've accepted it, but it's just <laughs> anyway. Um, so I'm looking at results now that I finally found it. For um, yeah. So. Um, Charlotte Flair's going to be out for a little while now after the Nia Jax attack. Um, she, so she, she came out today. Charlotte Flair came out today and said it's only supposed to be a few weeks. People are saying that there's no chance she's even back before SummerSlam, which is, what, two months? It's in August, two late months August. Out. Yeah, it's like the so end of about August. Two months out now. So that's eight weeks. Um, some people say she could be back for the Royal Rumble in January, which is six months. Who knows? We don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't know what exactly is going on. Apparently she's supposed to have surgery. Um, nothing was ever confirmed about that. Um, they, they ran the storyline of Nia Jax hurt Charlotte's shoulder. Um, but um, Wrestling Observer Radio is saying that that's not true. That it's, that it's not shoulder related right but it's just a way to get her off tv essentially right right right. um she said though that she's not going to be missed because she she because of social media she'll she'll still be posting and she'll go live every once in a while um so yeah i just i don't know we don't know how long she's going to be out so Um, i mean she could she could be out two weeks she could be out six months she could be out longer than six months. She might not come back to Maine next year. It's a wait and see game. Be, I don't think it, yeah, right. I don't think it's going to be that long. But I, I'd say definitely she'd come back before the Rumble. Well, I will say this. I mean, it obviously with a person with her caliber in the ring, it, that's a big loss. I mean, it, because she is the, I mean, you can put whatever order, but she's the top three women's wrestler in the business. I mean, that's definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no matter um, what you think about her, no matter how much you, you hate the fact that she's on TV, if you hate her because she's Ric Flair's daughter and she's being spoon fed, which I don't think she is. I mean, I think she's a great talent in and of herself, her own. Well, um, I don't think she's being spoon fed, but I do. I think, and I, I think I've said it on here before, she's getting the Roman Reigns treatment. I think. Well, and you, and you know why I think she's getting the Roman Reigns treatment? Because no one is showing that they can really step up and do it as well as she can. And I, I, I understand that. I mean, I mean I they, they, they are, because that, that locker room is riddled with talent, talented female superstars. But she brings it 110%. I'm not saying everyone else doesn't because I know they do. But 
we know how WWE is and, and how they have been here. I'm not going to say within the past three years with women's wrestling, but it seems like they're reverting back to the old days where they just cycle through with like four or five different females. Well, and, and that's a shame because like you just said, I mean, that locker room in the women's side is, my God, you can just draw a name out of a hat and have a great talent. I mean, right. And, right. And, and, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that really wasn't the case. Let's be honest here. All right. Let's just be honest. That was not the case. You, you might have one to five options. Um, yeah. And that's probably why they cycled through because you probably only had five options that could do it to half the extent of what they're able to do it now. Um, right. But, and, and again, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that and to excuse the, you know, the short matches WWE gave them or the type of matches they gave them, you know, but I'm, but I'm just trying to get a grasp of why they would cycle only five back in the day. Um, but I think now, I mean, this is a great, I mean, I hate, I don't like that anyone's hurt. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all people. And this is right. their profession. I hate that people get hurt in this profession. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, this gives an opportunity to, for the people that aren't getting cycled through when Charlotte is on TV to say, hey, I can do this too. This is a great right. opportunity. Next man up and, you know, and next woman up per se. I mean, you have the Bianca Belairs right now. You have the Sasha Banks who, who, who's getting a title opportunity. You have, you know, Rhea Ripley who's finally coming back on television um, after her Mania loss. You have a plethora of names in the locker room that could compete for those women's championships and give new and refreshing matches, which I think that's what the audience wants. I think that's what we as fans want. Like you had the women's revolution. Then you had the women's main event between Charlotte Becky and uh, Ronda Rousey. And I think now after that main event, it's kind of, like you said, it kind of is starting to feel like you have the same five for it's Oscar, Charlotte, you had Becky, you had, Bailey, and then now you have Nia Jax. For yeah. some, and I think people are just kind of like, why just those? I mean, we understand Charlotte to an extent, but I think, like I said, Roman Reigns treatment. Um, but outside of Charlotte, I mean, why not Alexa Bliss? Why not? I mean, we already had Lacey Evans for a while, but why not Lacey Evans for you know if Bailey loses the championship down the road? It's just yeah. I think us fans want refreshing matches rather than the same two or three. No, and we do, and we do. I mean, and, but but also that's how storylines run out quick, and then we become the again. This is why I say wrestling fans are some of the worst, um, because what happens when they do have Lacey Evans for a month or two, and then they go on to Alexa Bliss for a month or two. Then they go back to Bailey for a month or two. Then they go to Sasha for a month or two. Then we go back to to Lacey Evans, and then it's like, okay, didn't we just see her? Why are we seeing it again? I'm not complaining about the long title. Wrestling fans will never be content with anything that the WWE does, or even wrestling in general, I suppose. I don't think it's that. I I don't think it's that at the point. I think, for one, I'm not complaining about long title runs. I don't mind that Bailey's a long-running champion. I didn't mind. No, Becky. I don't. I, I like it because it, it develops more story, and, and, and it develops credibility. And when they lose a title, it develop the credibility passes on. Right. But, but I think what what I'm trying to say is, let's go with Nia Jax. She returned to action after Mania, right? 
She yep. went right into the title picture. I don't know why. Well, okay, I know why. Because Vince McMahon isn't fond of Shayna Baszler for some unknown reason. I don't know why. I, I'm honestly, you know what? You know who the you know who the smartest person in wrestling is right now? Are the two smartest people in wrestling? You know who they are? Triple H and no Chris Jericho. <laughs> when it when it comes to being in ring wrestlers, you know who the two smartest people are inside WWE. You know, the in two the ring. Are in ring competitors, you know who the two smartest? Edge and Randy. Nope. No. Who's your two? Because I think it's Edge and Randy for sure. Okay. Well, I'm talking for this for this specific topic. For the women's re- for women's wrestling. No, for NXT call ups. You know who the two smartest are? Who? Gargano and Ciampa. Because they refuse to be called up because they know they'll be lost in the shuffle. <laughs> because they know they'll be lost in the shuffle. Everyone who gets called up except for a select few get lost in the shuffle. Kevin Owens didn't get lost in the shuffle, which is, is great. Sami Zayn got lost in the shuffle. Um, Seth Rollins, he was earlier in NXT. Obviously, he didn't get lost in the shuffle as long, or along with uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose at the time. Uh, Shannon Baszler was getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, Bailey was lost in the shuffle for a minute. Bailey was Charlotte lost in the wasn't. shuffle until she won the briefcase. Right. Becky was lost in the shuffle for a minute. Until she became the man. Until she became the man. Uh, and Sasha wasn't really lost in the shuffle. Alexa has uh, been here as of recently. Uh, but that's just because they don't do anything with, with the Women's Tag Team Championship except for one match every six months. I disagree or with the Sasha comment. Like. I think she... I think she was lost for a while. You also got to remember she's battled injury. So I, I'm not, I'm not saying being hurt. It means get lost in the shuffle because she comes right back into it. Right. And, and I guess fair point, fair point. So, but yeah, no, but I, I think that Gargano and Chomp are the two smartest when it comes to the subject because they know they're going to get lost in the shuffle. That's why they don't, they don't want to get called up. Right. Because Vince, because Vince isn't going to see them as, star talent like Triple H does. And and I think that's the and I think that's why NXT is on product wise is most generally better week to week. Um yeah, no doubt because, about it. Because and it's not even the fact that people don't get lost in the shuffle, but I think storyline wise is better. And also well, and, for me, yeah. you earn a damn championship match. You earn a, a Every match you see in the in NXT, most oftentimes than not, you earn the damn match. Yeah. To where Nia Jax comes in. Oh, here's your championship match. Uh, you know, and, and and now we have Dolph getting the same thing. It's like, you know, I, I see you know, the kind of why they're doing that. But NXT, it's they won the match. And um, now I can see why some people would think that would get monotonous. But – if there's no good story there, like a story that's going to attach you to want to watch that match, then what's the point of right. not – like it doesn't do harm to have the number one contendership match. Right. Well, and this is what Punk talked about when he left the WWE a couple of years back. He, he was tired of seeing people come in who didn't deserve these opportunities but were handed these opportunities, whether they were coming back from injury or someone like Brock who – was off TV for a while, or um, even The Rock, 
would come in and he'd just automatically get he, – he got a championship match but, because he's The Rock or because it's Brock Lesnar or because okay. a, a big star is returning from injury. They don't necessarily need a, a championship match right away. They shouldn't have a championship match right away compared to the other people who are who aren't hurt. Now, granted, that's not that that's that's not on a dig on anybody. But when you get people like The Rock who come back and Brock Lesnar who comes in with his ironclad contract and can do whatever they want because of who they are, and I agree with him. I and I, I know you do to a certain extent, but. It's not going to change until Vince is out of position, out of control. Well, I agree with Punk to an extent, yeah, but I, I, as much as I hate to say it, like I hate when Brock Lesnar comes and holds the title captive for 390 days, you know, until Mania comes around. But I understand why they put it on him. I do. He, he – he and this I remember and when you, we've we've talked about this before. Yes, he's a draw. I think he's a draw without the championship. I don't think it makes a bigger draw. No, it's not. The, it's, I mean, it's it not the it draw. Make it less. Okay, so what is it? it? It's credibility to the title, and it brings credibility to whoever beats him. I mean, he's a actual. He he is an actual badass in, in the octagon. He can literally. No, he is. He is. And so, like, look, I mean, is Drew McIntyre Drew McIntyre if he beats anyone else for that championship at WrestleMania 36? I mean, maybe. Who? Who Who would he be in the WWE right now if it wasn't for – that would make him to the, the status he is at if it wasn't Brock Lesnar? Probably Roman. Rome, I mean, and, but Roman's not even up to – you know what I mean? Like, Roman – Unfortunately for Roman, as great as he is in the ring, the fans just will not accept him. Okay, uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has beaten Brock Lesnar a couple times. And but so, the, and so I, def, it, I I think Rollins would be it. And and could and, be it. And he did beat Rollins. McIntyre he did, did, yeah. But as a champion, he beat Rollins. But I don't. I just think that when you beat a guy like Lesnar. No. And I know I, I, I know what you're getting at. I, I do. I, I see where you're getting at. But I think he would be Drew McIntyre either way. I mean, he he has the perfect story. He he, he does. was he came in, was dubbed the next he he was dubbed the next best thing. Or the, he was the chosen one by Vince McMahon. He comes in, gets dubbed that. And then lollygags and does nothing. Gets fired, comes back so much better, and, and he has to claw his way toward the championship. And he finally yeah. wins it at WrestleMania. He has the perfect story. And, and and I think you know when it comes to that story. I mean, I know you and me. We were watching. You know, we saw all that pan out. Like we remember, yeah. we were at the age to where we can remember that. You know, the whole story developed. And when he won at WrestleMania 36, like, for me, it was like he finally did it. He finally conquered he, – he got to that point. Right. And I'm glad he did because, I mean, as, I think, you know, when he got dubbed the chosen one, I just feel like getting dubbed something like that, it don't matter what it is, it's just bad juju, man. Like it's uh, Unless you've established yourself first like The Rock did, then it's going to be bad. 
Well, and The Rock called himself the chosen one. But at the oh, but, yeah. but he backed it up, and he was already at the point of his career where he was and, one. Of the, and that's what I'm saying. You, you, yeah. you got to you have to establish yourself before you can you can do that. The whole chosen one gimmick before he Drew McIntyre really did anything in the WWE that killed him instantly. He didn't have a match. I don't think. I think he was no, introduced he no, he as didn't. a chosen match. Yeah, his he, debut, he, he, he said that. Yeah, because Vince said that he signed him as a free agent. Uh, presumably, he, he coming from either the Indies or FCW. I don't. I can't remember if he was an FCW or not. I mean, they're they're supposed to have a documentary on that. I don't know if they ever really came out with it. But yeah, I mean, I don't. Know. I just I don't think know. I don't. Know. I just I see what you're saying though when it comes. To, Drew McIntyre is going to be Drew McIntyre. I, I can see that. But it doesn't make the headlines unless, like, when you beat Brock Lesnar, you make headlines on almost everything. Um, yeah. And and I remember I texted you the night of the McIntyre beat Lesnar. That was when they had the highlights of WrestleMania going on ESPN. They had a highlight package on ESPN. and Well, because there's nothing else for them to talk about. <laughs> but, right. In a, I mean, but, in a time without sports. But you know what? I talk about except for WWE. Hey, but when we're, when and, we're and esports, I'm just saying when we're 60 race on and we're telling our kids and great grandkids, like our grandkids, like, hey, you know, you say that wrestling's not important, but there's nothing else on. But wrestling was on and we were on ESPN. How about that? Little How about Johnny? that? <laughs> How about that? But no, but I mean, yeah. 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 But let's move on yeah. to NXT. Um, You know, the time is quickly uh, flying by as it always does race one, but NXT last night, um, I'm going to be honest. That was the show I mainly watched. I mean, I switched on AEW um, for like five minutes. I watched the ending of the Wardlow match, um, the lumberjack match with the uh, Luchasaurus. And then I caught the, the Taz techniques thing they do with Brian cage, how he's explaining all of it, whatever. Um, yeah. And then I turned it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn it. Cause that, I mean, that wasn't ex- entertaining to me. The, the, the technique thing. I was like, I'm bored with that. But really, oh, wow. I was a, I was afraid to miss that triple threat match. You know, the main event was right. You know, so okay, so the numbers just came out. Now it's down. Like, wow, that's bad. Um, AEW viewership was significantly down from last week and who, set a new yearly low. What? Who's the source? Uh, this is Russell's own. Okay, I'm just trying to give credit before we get attacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is coming from Russell's own. So AEW Dynamite viewership was significantly down from last week and set a new yearly low. Meanwhile, NXT was watched by o- by over a hundred thousand more people. AEW drew six hundred thirty-three thousand viewers overall, which is down from seven hundred seventy-two thousand. Uh, and Let's see. Okay, so they don't, they don't mention how many uh, watched uh, NXT. Actually, no, they did. So it's uh, 786,000, which Ooh. is up from 746,000. So they, they uh, outdrew by 150 some. Yeah. Well, 786 to uh, 633, so 753,000. 153,000 more people watched AEW than they did, in, or and they, they watched NXT more than uh, AEW. And, and and I will say this. I think a lot of that is because if you watched AEW, 
that match was like a go home show for the next two weeks with Fighter Fest. Right. Um, the the press conference. It, it not. I mean, it was just meh. Like the match. There wasn't were, much. There wasn't much to really grasp anybody because I I looked at the card for last night because they 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 posted it up on Instagram or whatever, and I'm just like, there's not much here for me. Right. There, there's not the, much doing. And then you have NXT, you know, Bronson Reed calling out Karrion Cross. Then you have the triple threat match. I mean, they had matches that you're like, oh, I want to see that. Right. Like, just because of who they are and they, we know what they can do. So, but I wonder what next week's going to be like. As we know, Fighter Fest, you know, July 1st, I believe July 8th. Uh, it's a two, yeah, yep. two night yep, special. It's, it's, it's a two week special. And then Great American Bash is coming back next week. Yeah. So, for one, kind of late. I mean, that that's a late. Yeah, I would I would have promoted that last week two weeks ago. Right. I wonder if it's a panic move. Like, oh, we got to have something to compete. Probably. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. So it makes you wonder. I mean, it, it would have been nice to get like a heads up. But I love the Great American Bash. I mean, who? who gets, I mean, just as a kid. I did I mean, too, but I liked. I mean, it, obviously, it would be better as a pay per view. Right. But I, I like I think I think they're just trying to compete with Fighter Fest next week. No, um, I think they are. I think they are. But well, because I mean, even here in two weeks, they're competing when uh, Adam Cole and Keith Lee face each other. Winner take all. Right, but that match. I mean, I. I I'm don't not, see that match ending with a, a pin or a submission. I see it end up being a countout or something, some or a DQ, something unless they make it. Uh, no disqualification, then something's going to happen to where they both keep their uh, respective championship. I don't. I I, I know this is. Hey, a, we 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 could talk about that later, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't, but I'm going to save that. What I think is going to happen for when we actually do talk about it. Um, right. But no, I mean, I I just AEW when I did when they released you know the matches and what was going to happen, I was just like, all right, this doesn't really catch my attention. But NXT, I mean, I mean, I remember when it, the very first thing was uh, Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes, um, good match, and then you know Carrying Cross getting called out by Bronson Reed. A gr- I thought that was a good match. I mean, it made both, in my opinion, it made Bronson Reed look pretty good. Yeah. While making Carrying Cross look like a beast. I mean, that was a good match for what it was supposed to be. You know, to portray. Um, and then Keith Lee, I mean, winning the number one contendership against Gargano and Finn Balor. I mean, right. Keith Lee, I mean, ever since Survivor Series of next last year, he has been on top of his game. I mean, it, he's literally probably – you can argue he's probably one of the face, like mega stars of that company right now. Oh, he is. He is. He's one of the biggest NXT stars right now. Yeah. And – I don't, I'm excited. I mean, I obviously I want him. I want to see what he continues to do because I th- I still think there's a lot for him to accomplish in NXT. But beating no, Finn Balor and Gargano in the same match ain't uh, that's not shabby there. No, yeah. Um, you get called up, although uh, Mr. McMahon has has praised Keith Lee before um, for that Survivor Series match. But I feel like he – I mean, he, he praised Shayna Baszler, and now she's lost in the show. I'm not going to get back on that topic. But. 
but I mean, to your point though, that's aggravating as hell, ain't it? It is. It it's is aggravating because he, he he praises these these talents, <clears throat> and then he he does nothing with them when they get called up. And nothing. I will it's, say, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a waste. Like you know, they could still be in NXT doing really well, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's it, I think it's, with Shane is where it is. With Shayna Baszler, though, I think what kind of put – what kind of leaves a bad taste in, I think, in, at least as, in my mouth, right, is when – I think the bite hurt around the world when she bit Becky's neck. Was there a pun? Was that supposed to be a pun? Leaving no. its taste in your mouth and biting? No, biting? it wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. Because I, I, mean, I took it that way. I mean, hey, I mean, if you thought it was funny, I mean, <laughs> take it whatever as you will. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't well, get I mean, a lot of. You talk about taste in your mouth, and she bit Becky, and there was blood, and you taste blood, and yeah, never mind. Keep going. I mean, hey, I mean, I'm I'm not the wisest of words, but I'm not the funniest of guys either. But hey, I'll you're take also a not lot. the best at English because wisest of words is that what? <laughs> wisest man, you know what I'm trying to say, man. You're over here trying to make fun. No, of me. no, I know, I know what you're saying, but other people don't because they don't know you like I do. Yeah, I mean, after you hang around with so long, the the. the the accent and all that kind of goes in one of one, but what? But I, <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Was that even a sentence, or what are we doing? We're just talking. Uh, that just was just a, I was trying to make sense of the of the words, and then just turn into a ramble of nonsense. That was um, more than a ramble. <laughs> that was you just put words in a sentence and said nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, I've done that before. I'm I'm known for that, but no, well, like. Uh, I think when she bit Becky, though, it just, I think, I, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like that was it. I think, like, it was not a good no, start to I, her I, main I roster. I probably agree with you. But, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope she could always do what Finn Balor did, and that's still an option. And I think that's a great thing that Finn Balor has kind of opened the door for is if they're not being used or they're not being utilized right, they have the option to go back to NXT to work on, you know, their just work on their character or work and just be used. And I think right. I think we're going to start seeing that a lot more. And like I told you before, I mean, and with Lana, I think that's what Lana needs to do, although she is now being partnered with Natalia, which – I don't know, Rayson. That's like a random ass tag team. Well, see, it's not. If you, I know you don't watch Total Divas or anything, or I, I don't know if you do or not. Um, I used last to. I, knew you, I used last, to. Last, I, I know. Yeah, as I said, last I know, last I knew you weren't watching it. Um, but I mean, you, you've seen it before. They're they're feuds on Total Divas, right? The, the the fact that they're they're they would go back and forth. They're they're almost like sisters. You know they they fight and they argue, but then they they're they're friends. It, they're, it's it's a sibling rivalry pretty much between the two of them. I mean they both annoy the the heck out of each other, but the, but at the end of the day they're they're still really friends. So, so I mean it, they have chemistry already outside the ring. So maybe this could be simple. So do you think it's kind I, of a a way to to reward the the watchers of that show when it comes to this? I wouldn't say it. no, not really. I think so, it's just I think it's just them saying, "Hey, you know, we need we need uh, something else." But I don't know. I, I 
the way they – so this was actually kind of introduced two weeks ago. It was. It was. And, I remember that when, when uh, Natalia was upset and, and she was talking with Lana because Lana was upset because she was getting – because Bobby Lash wanted a divorce. I, yeah. Also, I, I mean, I saw, I saw it coming when that happened. I figured it was like, oh, hey, they're going to make them a tag team. Natalia is the big show when it comes to the women's division. And that's because she goes from heel to face more than anybody in that division. She goes from heel to face more often than I change underwear, Dude, which is every day. <laughs> she was a face in that tag team match with Liv, and then she switched heel, and now she's a heel. But she does this a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and look, I like the big show. But it is hilarious how many times you don't know what big show you're gonna get. Like when Big Show came down the ring to help the Street Profits, um, in that against the ninjas. I had I a like, feeling he was gonna be a face in that because there's another big guy in, in <laughs> intruding in his in his quote unquote territory. But you never know. You know, you never know. Right, but you never know. I guess hey, I guess that's a good thing for the character. I mean, he could come down in a, in a, in a match against a cat and a mouse, and he's going to help out the cat. He's going to help out the mouse. He's going to come out and hurt them both. I'm not going to say hurt them both. He's going to come out and just watch. You never know. Big Show, come has, out. Big Show yeah. has more face heel turns than he has movies and TV shows and, 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 and all this other crap that I can't think of off the top of my head. Look, I know that's going to seem like a knock on the big show, but it's, it's just not. hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. It's funny at this point. It's comical at this point because you don't know what big show you're going to get. He comes down to the ring in the middle of a one-on-one. Let's say it's Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Okay, you think he's going to come help out Kevin Owens because of his past with Seth Rollins, but because of his past with Seth Rollins, he might help out Seth Rollins. Uh, I agree. But I just thought of this. Now, Liv Morgan, right? It's starting to seem like she's getting lost in the shuffle. Kind of. Um, I honestly, she, it seems like she might be a tag team with Ruby Wright again after the way. I could honestly see, I could see it being here at, I I don't want to say it, I'm not going to say pay-per-view, but I could end up seeing here soon on Raw, we see Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright versus Lana and, Natalia, and that's a possibility because just because of interactions, right? Writings on the wall, you know, brings them. But what if, what if Liv Morgan turns heel and goes join Seth Rollins' group? There have been talks about adding a female, but I don't know about that. I mean, it would make sense because I mean. It would put her with someone like Seth Rollins, name-wise. She would, she would be the only female in that stable. And I think she kind of already dresses like a heel. Like, she has the all dark clo- like dark uh, attire. She, right. and, and, and honestly, when she got brought back to the, you know, with those promo packages of, you know, when she first was getting transformed into this character, um, right before she came in and ruined Bobby Lashley's and Lana's wedding, it, it kind of gave you the thought that she was coming back as a heel just based on what word she was using, right? Right. Maybe, like, I don't know, like, I like Liv Morgan as a face, 
but I wonder what she would be able to do as a actual heel. I mean, she was a heel with the the Riot Squad, but I think that was just a heel stable. I was speaking of speaking of Riot Squad. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Sarah Sarah Logan um, apparently is stepping away from the wrestling ring for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't know if if she's just done it completely. Like if she's going to be done for the rest of her life, or if maybe she's possibly waiting for another call from WWE. Either way, I, I don't. Again, she was one that got let go that I couldn't understand because she's she is talented. Yeah. Um. They were she they were starting to build her up. Um. But then obviously all, all these these let off or these firings and these furloughs it didn't help. But um, no, she, she says that she's done for the foreseeable future. She's going to focus on on her home life and taking care of the dog and and, and uh, uh, oh uh, the uh, their uh, YouTube channel. I mean, maybe she just wants a break. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know. And that too. I, that I don't too. know her personally. I don't have the slightest clue what she's thinking. But I mean, you, I mean, it's kind of like what Ronda Rousey wants to do. I mean, sort of. Like a little sliver of it. You know what I mean? Like Rhonda was like, you know, I miss my family. I miss being at home. I want to take care of the farms. And, and that's, I think that's kind of what Sarah Logan's saying. It's like, hey, you know, I want to take care of my home and you know, take care of my YouTube channel and take, and that's fine. You know, hey, I mean, you, you know, I think she didn't miss a lot of TV time back when she was on the, in the WWE. So she traveled a lot, you know, consistently. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I can only imagine what she's feeling like, you know, fatigue wise. And body-wise, I mean, I couldn't imagine either because she was always in the wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it, when she was on TV, she nine times out of ten, she was on main event. She was wrestling the, the dark matches before Raw. And I wish they would do a better job at advertising main event because I kind of forget it's still there. I think it would be better advertised up on the network. Or uh, not advertised, but you, you put it up on the network like they used to. Well, they still do, right? Or is it, or is it just Hulu? I don't know. But either way, like I don't, we don't, I don't think they put the it problem. up on. If we don't, I don't think know, they put it up on the network anymore. I don't even know. I don't even know Hulu still had it. Who knows who has it? Who knows what it's airing on? But that's the thing. If we don't know, I'm if, sure we're the, not the only two. If it's even airing at all. And right now, it's probably not with, you know, the the pandemic, but. Even when it wasn't, even in you know normal times, I didn't. I, I thought it was on network, but I just never knew when it was you know airing or when it was on. Like I never knew because they didn't really advertise it. Last I remember, excuse me. Last I remember, it was on, and this was years ago. It was on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock. That's the last I remember. Before and NXT became NXT, and they were still. Um, on the network, they I, I main event was on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock. I was like, dude, the network's on a roll though. Though I mean, you, oh, oh, it is. It oh is. my goodness, they're on a roll. I mean, you have the the obviously we talked about earlier the Taker docus the docu series documentary, but then you have the the then you have all these um, un untold. What I don't listen. No, yeah, there's Untold. You got Table for Three, Ride Along. Um, they just came other, out with another documentary about Ric Flair's uh, final match. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that was that that was Untold. Oh, was it? Untold? I thought it was a documentary. 
It might have been a documentary. I, I mean, I no, it was. It was. Was it? I don't I think know. it was because they did a lot of interviews. I don't know. I don't know. We can look later. Um, there, there, I think it's this Sunday. There's another Broken Skull sessions with Mark Henry. I'm um, so if, excited. If, if you haven't watched all of them, I, I encourage you to do so because they are very informative. They're very good, um, especially the Taker one. Um, the Kane one was pretty good. Uh, Ric Flair was really good. The Ric Flair one was really good. So um, I'm excited it, about. I'm just excited for Mark Henry because one, again, our childhood, right? Yeah. But also, busted open. I mean, I wonder how much they're gonna talk about that. Um, I'm sure they'll hit. Uh, they'll hit on it, but I don't. Know. I don't know. I mean, I think Mark Henry, though. I mean, he was so underappreciated during his actual time in WWE. Oh, I agree. I mean, he was a good heel. Oh my God! He was especially the Hall of Pain, dude. Remember, that, we, that's what I'm talking about. The Hall of Pain. That was that was one of the best heel things at the time. He was the heel. I think. I mean, he was the. I heel. mean, essentially, yes, because he was facing people like like Cena. I mean, he faked that retirement to get a match with John Cena and for it, the WWE Championship. I remember vividly because I was on vacation and, and I watched it from my condo from the little condo that we were renting. I watched it from there, and I'm like, because I honestly thought he was retiring. Yeah. Because he was at that point in his life where it's like, okay, maybe he's starting to slow down a little bit. No, he he comes out in his his salmon colored suit. <laughs> and he 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 he's 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 wanting to retire, and comes out, out comes John to congratulate him, and and then Mark Henry beats him up. I mean, and and, the, and during his Hall of Pain run, I mean, you probably remember this, is when he, you know, hurt people, they were off TV for a week or two. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. you you thought, like, man, I mean, this guy's and actually. It, and it, did, it didn't matter whether you were a heel or a face. He was going to hurt you. Because I remember that, he beat up Randy Orton a lot, too. Well, at that time, it was heel, face, and then Mark Henry. Because he was not a heel. He was not a face. He was just going to do what he wanted to do, and that was hurt people. Well, he was a heel, but essentially, I, yeah, I go to about. Yeah, I mean, he was a heel, but, again, like you said, it didn't matter if you were a face or heel. He, he was just coming He wasn't the, the, typical, the typical heel, as in heel versus face. Yeah. He, like you said, did what he wanted. Right, and, man, I would love to do a show about that era in wrestling. Like, obviously, the Ruthless Aggression era is always has a, its own, you know, thing on the network, but – they go a lot more behind the scenes. I want to talk about the, you know, the memories of as a fan watching it. You know what I mean? Because we will eventually. We'll we'll get around to it. I mean, and because there's so many people in that ruthless aggression on the network, they're not even talking about like Deuce and Domino. I mean, they were at the time they were a well, pivotal so, okay, tag so team. So they they are just at the beginning of it, and that was kind of more. I don't want to say it was the PG era, the start of the PG era, but it was yeah. in that in between time yeah that's what that's with deuce and domino we can talk about that 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 would be a good show one day to talk about the in between the attitude era or the uh, the ruthless aggression era and the uh the pg era that would be a good a a good talk about because you've got superstars like deuce and domino uh jimmy wang yang um it's when sam punk Punk came about mvp was debuting MVP, Mr. Kennedy. Um, I, 
I think the JBL peak of the cru- the peak of the cruiserweight division was in that era, and WWE oh, cruiserweight. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, one of one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Uh, oh, what was her names? I just had it. Um, Name the people in it. Festus. Oh, uh, uh, Jesse and Festus. Yes, Jesse and Festus. Because they're because literally. Their theme song said, biscuits and gravy, maybe a man. <laughs> it made I mean, them all that they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and then you have a, I mean, La Resistance, I mean, obviously heels, but they were. They, they were ruthless aggression. And uh, they, were, they were lower card. And by lower card, I mean low card, ruthless aggression. Tajiri and Regal was ruthless aggression. Yeah. When that was pretty funny, um, I mean, and according to according to William Regal, Tajiri is afraid of spam. If you, if you haven't if you haven't watched Story Time, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. I there's just so many great things in that era, like Chavo Guerrero, you know, really coming on his yeah. own. Uh, Gregory so Hill. many Gregory Hill, yeah. I mean, not as the Hurricane. But no, I think the hurricane was uh, was hilarious, but oh, Gregory was, Helms, he was. he was unstoppable for so long. And and I didn't mean anything as a diss to the hurricane. I meant like Gregory Helms as Gregory Helms, not as the hurricane. Well, and, and I, no, it's glad that you, I'm happy you did decipher that because people hear Gregory Helms, they probably don't even know he was a hurricane unless he, they grew up in that era. Maybe. I mean, you got to think. I mean, I'm sure people know he was the hurricane. I mean, it's hey. not like people. It's not like Spider Man. People don't know who Spider Man is, right? But you know, I'm sure, like you know, producer Pat. I mean, I don't know if he knows who Gregory Helms was. I mean, I don't know how big of a fan he was in that era. No, but, no, he knows who Gregory Helms is because Gregory Helms blocked him because he argued with him. That, see, Pat gets so mad about that, but that'd be like a driving that's, like that's would, funny. It's hilarious, but I'd be like, yeah, I'm blocked by from like I'm blocked by Gregory Helms. Um, I would just think of it as a heel move. I, I, don't mean, I, don't they, I don't I don't know what they argued about, but they are arguing on Twitter and Gregory Helms blocked him. That's hilarious, man. Like it is. Also, one of my favorite uh pe- people in that era, the boogeyman. Yes, you and your infatuation with the boogeyman. Dude. I think he's very underrated. All right. I mean, it's the boogeyman, guys. I mean, he literally took a clock and beat it on his head, did a dance move all the way down the ring, and ate worms. If that's your favorite wrestler of that era, then uh... – Well, obviously my, <laughs> obviously my favorite wrestler of that era is The Undertaker, but he's in right. all eras. But if we had to right. take away – and, again, we'll have to say that for, like, the Ruthless Aggression show because, I mean – I would actually have to look at the list and be like, man, that guy, I mean, it'd be hard to decipher, like, you know, who's disqualified as the best wrestler in that era because obviously you have guys like Triple H who came from the Attitude Era. You had the, you know, Rock, you know, in the Attitude Era for a brief time in the Ruthless Aggression. You had – Yeah, Cena was Ruthless Aggression. And I think Cena was probably my favorite in the Ruthless Aggression. Because I obviously have to do more research, but him as the Doctor of Thugonomics – that was pure gold, and it, 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 I don't know. He, he just had that. He had it when he was that character. 
don't know. I liked Randy Orton. Oh man, yeah. I liked Randy Orton when when he was with uh, Evolution, and then especially when he was with Legacy. I, I I really liked Legacy. See, Legacy gets a lot of crap, and I don't understand why. Not the greatest tag team, um, because there was so much hype, um, especially because of who their dads were. Um, I mean, obviously, Randy Orton has gone on to become one of the greatest super, WWE superstars of all time. Uh, Cody Rhodes is in AEW, and not a knock against this man, but uh, Ted DiBiase, not really, he, he's not been wrestling for a while. Well, and I never enjoyed watching Ted DiBiase as a junior. Oh, I did. I, 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 I loved watching junior. He was, he, he, hey, he was, I, I'm not going to say he was my favorite or third favorite, second favorite, whatever, but he was a part of the group that I liked. So I liked junior. Well, again, I liked him better in tag team wrestling than solo, but again, dude, we, you and I probably can say literally just talk about ruthless aggression, Aaron, because that was our childhood, right? I mean, that's when literally we were probably what, eight years old. Seven yep. years old. I mean, we yep. were kids, but again, it's always nice to go back and look at that because that's what we grew up with. I mean, and now it's kind of sad now, though, if you think about it, because all the guys that we grew up watching are about to be out of the business. I mean, obviously, Undertaker was in all almost every every era. It seemed like um, he's retiring. Triple H is in a re- wrestling like he was. Batista's retired. Rick Flair's retired. Brock Lesnar, the the Rocks. But retired. Brock Lesnar's starting to step away. I mean, Mark Henry's retired. Thank God. But yeah, Mark Henry's retired. Yeah, Rob, it's, it's just all these, all these uh, guys that are leaving now. Yeah, and then I guess that's I guess that's how you know you're getting old. Right. I mean. Right. Well, I mean, you got to think about what we were talking about. You, we were six, seven, eight years old at that time. Nine, and now we're twenty-three. So that's you know. 17 years ago. Right. But, Rayson, we're running low on time, but I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. And you're going to yell at me, but I don't give a damn. I don't care. You're going to make me go first for final thought, aren't you? No, I'm going to say no final thought because a guy at work, surprisingly, asked a great question to me today. Okay. And and we were talking about Undertaker's retirement. And this, I guess, is kind of a question that's going around now. But, you know – in the light of the Undertaker retiring, who is on the Mount Rushmore of your wrestling? Okay, yeah, definitely throwing me a curveball here. I, I would have liked a little bit more of a heads up before but, we started recording. But I didn't have a heads up, um, so I'm not giving you a heads up. I'm sorry. Alex, why don't you give me yours? So mine would be, in no particular order, right. um, Ric Flair. Okay. Undertaker. Rock, Austin. Okay. Um, for me, I'm gonna go Flair, Taker. Um, I'll definitely say The Rock. That last one's hard, man. No, it, that's, it the one, that's the one it I had trouble with. There, there are multiple ways you can go with this. I don't want to – and, I mean, there are so many guys that, that deserve to be up on Mount Rushmore, but 
it makes you wish Rushmore had 10 faces on it. Because, I mean, Hogan, he almost, with his name alone, made wrestling a global phenomenon, right? And I'm going to say Hogan. Hogan Hogan will be my my other. Hogan will be my fourth. But then you have Andre. I mean, I think... Andre, Andre, Andre was up. He he was he was up there. Macho Man. Um, yeah, I do love the Macho Man. Um, Bob Backlund. I think Bob Black. I mean, he had the longest title reign, right? But that was back yeah. in a different era. But you still have to give credit. Well, no, that was uh, San Martino. Bruno San Martino. Oh, he had the oh, longest reign. I thought Backlund had like an eight-year reign. San Martino had like a ten or fifteen-year reign. Oh, damn. But, but, I, but again, that's back when they wrestled like once every like three or four months. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I knew that was going to throw you for a curveball, and I know you probably wanted a heads up. But again, this guy—I mean, this guy. Well, because I mean, it's been here in, in wrestling news here recently, especially with Taker talking about it. Flair's talked about it. Um, so I'm not going to say I knew it was coming because I didn't, but yeah. it was something I was prepared for because I've thought about it. A little bit with it being here in the news here recently. And, um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw you an, an old old one. Uh, Don Morocco. Don Morocco yeah. has done so much for the sport of wrestling that people don't know because it's it's all lost in history. Yeah. Because and, he was surrounded by by other guys like 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 um, well Hogan and Andre were a little bit after him, but but I mean he he was during the time of like. Uh, <laughs> Of uh, uh, Volkov and the Iron Sheik, um, he he was uh, amongst a great deal of of great wrestlers. Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, he, and he, being a promoter, he was a promoter for the longest time. A wrestler as well. He he definitely was up there. Harley Race is up there. And we could go on and on. Yeah. Again, it, it's hard to decipher for. And he, it is what. My my four in no particular order would be Flair, Taker, Rock, and Hogan. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with a person's Mount Rushmore, especially. I mean, obviously, if you go and put and, and really, it's opinionated, right? It, it's an opinionated thing, especially when you they when they are mentioning names like you just mentioned. Now, if they put like you know, no offense to Hornswoggle, but if you put Hornswoggle on the Mount Rushmore, then I'd be like, all right, dude, what what's I can't take you seriously. But it's very opinionated, especially when you're throwing out names that have literally changed the business. Right, right, right. But it, it, it it's difficult to – again, it's opinionated. You can't really – you can't really argue someone's because, – because we, we didn't grow up watching Don Morocco. Right. And we, we, we didn't grow up watching Iron Sheik. We grew up watching Hogan. Rock, Flair, Taker. That that's why for me. And I, I you, right. with you Stone Cold, um, as your fourth. But but that's for us. Yeah. Now for other guys, they might have Don Morocco. All all the old old heads, they might have Don Morocco and, and Harley Race and, and Ric Flair. They're not gonna have And Bruno. I mean, they might have and, all and those Bruno, guys from the sixties and seventies. Right. They're probably not going to have guys like Rock and Austin. And maybe even take her because to them the glory days were when they grew up yeah. watching it because it's because they grew up watching it as kids and young adults and that's when you're the most impressionable and, and right. 
I'm getting psychological now. And again, though, everyone has their different glory days. Right. They've left their – right. So your your younger years and your young adult years are are your glory days. Right. Generally. You and I just Um, spouted nonsense about ruthless aggression for like 10 minutes, but that's because that's what we grew up with. Right. The other people, old heads, older, older wrestling fans, their childhood might be Don Morocco and Bruno and Hogan and Sheik and Andre. Compared to us, we didn't watch them. Right. Except for Hogan. Um, but uh, he, he really wasn't in his prime when we watched him. So Hogan was already, yeah, he was already on this down. Like he, 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 he had already hit his peak. I mean, he, obviously he the Monday Night Wars NWO, and Nitro once, probably. I mean, once he hit the NWO, it kind of went down. Right uh, now, it, it it was a slow fall, but it, it but he started to fall. Right, but we only know what Hogan like, you know his older days because one we have access to the network, right, which is awesome. Right, it's like a right. wrestling library on demand. But also, it's hard to argue. I mean, you hear stories from people that grew up in that generation. And it's hard to argue what he has done when it comes to the popularity of the wrestling business. Oh yeah, he he he. People will say he's he saved professional wrestling. And it's hard to argue. It really, and especially when it comes it, to the it world, is hard to argue at it the time hard. when the WWF. You know, I mean, look at look at the Silverdome, right? WrestleMania three. Look how packed that thing was when he body slammed Andre. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And and you can argue, right? If you look at that card, you can argue without Andre versus Hogan, they don't sell out that stadium. I would agree. Yes. Well, sell out, sell sell out. No, I I would agree. I would agree they wouldn't sell it out. They they would sell a lot because obviously they had um, Steamboat and, and Savage, which was a right. great feud, arguably one of the greatest matches of all time. But yeah, no, still, they wouldn't have sold out. They probably oh. wouldn't have sold out. Dude, they would like again. I mean, that was the third mania, so WrestleMania was established in a way. I mean, they they might have sold out, but I don't know. It would have been tough. It would have been tough, but that was the mania that established WrestleMania, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it it was dubbed the M. What is it? The move? What was it? The the immovable object versus the unresistible force. Yes, the unresistible force versus the immovable object. I mean, what more do you want? They didn't call it the greatest wrestling match of all time. No dig at Edge and Orton there. But, I mean, because it, it, well, it was true. Hulk Hogan was an irresistible force. Andre the Giant was an immovable object. And when the force <laughs> body slammed the immovable object, people went and, nuts. Yeah, and, and then... And that was just, I mean, because you never thought, I mean, especially if they're in person, dude. Like, you you, you never thought you'd right. see Andre Giant in person, live in person, get picked up by any man. Yeah. And the fact that they were there to witness it, I mean, how could you not go unglued, right? I mean, right. but that's the beauty thing, beautiful thing about wrestling, right? That things yep. happen that you never thought you would ever see right. every week. Well, right. used to be every week, but it, but. It can always happen any second, anywhere. Um, But, you know, it takes a wrestling fan to understand that because you tell that to a non-wrestling fan, they're like, I don't understand why you watch it still. Right, right, right. But, uh, Raceland, that's going to do it 
for us this week, unfortunately, because uh, I know you and I can sit here for another five hours and talk wrestling. No, I can't sit here for five hours. I got to work. Yeah, you have to go. You have to go make that money, right? I gotta go make that dough. Yeah, but um, we appreciate you guys joining us and enjoying our hopefully enjoying our conversations about nonsense, as we like to call it. But again, I mean, there's so much going forward when it comes to the professional wrestling business. And I know me, Rayson, I can't wait to dive into it and see what unfolds, especially next week with NXT and AEW. Um, yep. You know, they're big shows per se um, for the foreseeable future. But we'll cover those next week. And that was Raceland. I am James. And thank you for joining us on Wrestling News Central. <laughs>